Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, left, left and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers. Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! To the sin bin with your host, recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, Paul Rogers. All right, I want to welcome everyone back to the Seattle Sin Bin and. Uh, Joined here by my host, or my co-host, Otto Rogers. Otto, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Paul. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, this is the, actually the second episode of the week, so it feels like a bit of a little bit of deja vu, deja vu from yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week, and you know things are really starting to um, uh, things are really starting to happen. Uh, in regards to Seattle Arena, there, there's news that's going to be coming up, coming out soon about the uh, FEIS. That's due May 7th. Uh, we got rumors uh, of negotiations going on behind the scenes regarding the NHL that, that Jeff Baker talked about yesterday. Just all yeah. kind of things. And, wow. and uh, tonight um, we're, we're going to uh, kind of shift focus a little bit and. Uh, a lot of times, uh, mo- most of the time we focus on NHL to Seattle issues, but occasionally we focus on uh, hockey issues in other cities. Uh, we've talked about NHL to Vegas in the past, and tonight's going to be uh, interesting because we've got we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what would that city to the south be like as an NHL city? What would Portland be like if they received an NHL franchise? And, and to talk about that a little bit later in the show, we've got Mark Hayes, um, who runs the NHL to PDX Facebook page, and uh, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to tell us. But uh, I don't. You you listened to the interview that we did with Jeff Baker yesterday. You weren't able to join us uh, because you were busy busy being what was it again? Being a father or something? Being dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. For some reason, everyone Otto felt like uh, his duties as a parent outweighed his duties as a co-host on the Seattle Simbin. And I really, I really encourage you to admonish him about that on Twitter and Facebook. So, um, you know, let's have Otto get his, let Otto get his priorities straight. But what did you think about, uh, what Jeff had to say yesterday? Uh, you know, I think <clears throat> Jeff, Jeff came on, Jeff came on the show and he, you know, at the very start, he was like, I have to kind of play devil's advocate. And so, you know, I kind of understand um, his, his thought about, you know, just looking at one piece of it, kind of look at both sides. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can definitely appreciate where he's coming from, where Seattle's definitely not going to be a slam dunk. And I agree. I don't think Seattle's going to be a slam dunk. You have to, just, you know, in the, when we have Craig Custance on. He talked about how he talked to the T-Birds uh, general manager, and he said, you need to work at it. We we need to come out in front of this, and we need to like really, really reach out to the community and make this work. I think Seattle will work if we if the the ownership if they come in and they, they lay a lot of groundwork. I think I think Seattle will work, but it won't be a slam dunk in regards to you can't just bring a hockey team in 
and just expect it to work, like in Winnipeg, or, you know, how I expect it will work in Quebec. We, we're in, we are not a traditional market, so you definitely need to work to make this market successful. But Yeah, and those, we're going to need a, yeah, we're gonna need a really good front office, aren't we? Yeah, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, my only fear sometimes is, you know, what kind of honeymoon period that we're, we would have here. Like, like Jeff said, you know, if the team starts going bad, like do, do we have enough money in the area to, to you know, fill, fill that arena? And that is one of my concerns is if, if the Mariners start doing really well, if the Sonics come back, and then maybe the hockey team really hasn't gotten their grips into us yet, you know, what's, how does that look like? And so, I mean, you know, there is a risk that it might not be 100% successful, but, you know, it's a risk that we should take that, that you know, we are one of the biggest markets in the country. Um, we have, we, we're one of the biggest econ- economic uh, engines in the, in the country, and, you know, this is something that definitely a lot of people around here would want. So, you know, I, I understand Jeff's, Jeff's point of view. I just, you know, I just think, you know, looking at that study, it was just the study just it was just it was kind of flawed to be honest with you. It it didn't really take into um, account a lot of different factors that you would kind of like look at as a whole picture. You know, like like right. we talked about, like you know, you have people in Vancouver coming in. You might have people who are fans of other teams going to games because they're now they can actually go see their teams while they're in Seattle. But so, I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors. Um, that, you know, wasn't just looked at by just kind of like that total income divided by how many teams you have, and then that's how much money you have. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a dollar flaw, but. You know, it, it really is. A, it's kind of a lot like buying a dream house, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know you want the house. You, yeah. you love how it looks. Uh, you love the neighborhood. Um, but you'd be foolish to go into a purchase without doing all due diligence. And I, I think that's all Jeff was saying is, um, yeah, yeah the, the, report, the report is limited to the one facet, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take it into account. Uh, and, right. you know, it's, it's just good business to take all points of view um, into account when you're talking about things like this. And, uh, it, yeah. you know, this is going to – we're talking about um, for the NHL um, – we're talking about a $500 million investment. And then you throw on that, what they're going to have to pay towards the arena there. You could be talking, uh, 700, maybe 700, 750 million. Uh, I don't think they're going to have to pay the entire cost of the arena. Uh, but they're going to have to pay in more than is currently planned. Um, if it's going to happen first. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to get real interesting and, uh, it's, it's going to get crazy. The, the next couple months are going to be absolutely crazy. Definitely. Well, Jeff, you know what, Jeff kind of wrapped it up uh, by saying, you know, the biggest, here's the biggest, you know, trump card that we have is the NHL wants to be here. And so if the yeah. NHL wants to be here and we want the NHL to come here, then we're going to get a team. So, I mean, that, that's kind of my kind of big comfort in the whole, uh, in the, you know, in the whole thing is that they want to be here and I hope we want them to come here. So, um, if that happens, then you know we're going to have a team. So hopefully it works out. Yeah. Otherwise, and you know, I asked for his best guess. Yeah, I, I asked for Jeff's best guess on this, and you know, he's as skeptical as you're going to find. I mean, if, he's always going to yeah. look for, uh, you know, he, he that's just the way. It, that's not doesn't mean that he's negative. He just uh, he's skeptical by practice, and you know when I when I asked him what his gut told him about whether this was going to happen or not, he, he was pretty sure that this is going to happen and, and that it would work. But he, he was just saying to exercise caution and to look at all the points of view and, and just not rush into it. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to happen. I, you know, I do too. I do. So I'm, I'm super excited and I'm getting my hockey talk, uh, geared up and ready. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what playoff games have you watched the last couple of days? Uh, well, I watched the, uh, the, I watched the, uh, the Rangers and the Penguins game yesterday, which was, which was fantastic. I mean, New York looks like, 
I mean, they look like they're, they're them in Montreal, probably the two teams to beat. Um, I did not see the, the Winnipeg-Anaheim um, overtime game, but, you know, I feel for those fans of Winnipeg. I mean, two straight overtime losses and then uh, – or not, uh, not overtime loss, but they had the uh, one-point loss of like 15 seconds ago on Saturday, and they come home. Amazing, amazing, you know, totally amazing crowd in Winnipeg last night to lose an overtime 5-4. I mean, it's got to be a heartbreak, you know, so – uh, it's a really amazing game, and um, and uh, yeah. but New York it looks like the real deal. So and, and so does Montreal. Montreal played really tough, and you know they won two games in overtime, and then they won on the road yesterday. So I mean this this has been a great series so far. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Mark Hayes of the NHL P- to PDX Facebook page. And he's going to have a lot of good things to tell us. And uh, in the meantime, let's check out a segment. It's another. T- it's time for another segment of NPR Hockey Talk. Good morning. I'm Tiffany Trujillo Carnegie. And I'm David Pedro Gutenberg Fukushima. And thank you for joining us on NPR's Hockey Talk here on radio station WEPC. In this edition, we're going to examine some of the fascinating first-round matchups in the 2015 NHL playoffs. Tiffany, would you like to begin? Thank you. The series between the New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins pits the President's Trophy winners against the team that slumped the finish line and didn't clinch a berth in the playoffs until the very last day of the season. The Rangers are heavily favored against the Penguins, who will need outstanding production from their bottom six forwards to have a chance in this series. Well said, Tiffany. Elsewhere in the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Red Wings face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning, popularly shortened to Ning. Each team has several young up-and-coming players. Detroit has reached the NHL playoffs 24 consecutive seasons, which is two more seasons than the name have been in existence. That's shocking. I see what you did there. Tampa Bay's weakness could be their defensive play and how well they adapt to the rougher style that playoff hockey usually brings. Inconsistent goaltending has plagued the Red Wings of late and is an area of concern for Coach Mike Babcock. (coughs) An amusing moniker, indeed. Sorry. I was reminded of this morning's piece on All Things Considered about the history of knock-knock jokes. And it recalled this anecdote. Knock-knock. Who is there? Al. Al who? I'll be seeing you in Detroit Ning fans. Go Red Wings. Go Red Wings. Woo! (laughs) Join us after the break for a fair and balanced look at the Western Conference playoff field, including an all-Canadian matchup between the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames with a winner receiving a trip to the Western Conference second round, full bragging rights, and free Tim Hortons donuts mm. for the entire NHL offseason. A tasty and worthy prize to endeavor for. We'll be right back here on NPR. folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, 
recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, Paul Rogers! attention to the uh, uh, the NPR segment, uh, you you heard how one of the hosts was quite boisterous about the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, our my co-host Otto Rogers is no different than that. He's going to be joining us uh, back on the show in a few minutes again, again but uh, he just sent me a message saying that the Detroit Red Wings just went up to nothing, and he was all excited. And he was reacting pretty much like the girl in the NPR segment. So there is that. Um, so for this part of the show, we're going to talk. About, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, the NHL possibilities in our friendly city to the to the south, that being Portland, Oregon. And joining us on the line now is one of the leaders in the movement to bring the NHL to Portland, and his name is Mark Hayes. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, are you paying attention to the playoffs at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Very closely. <laughs> um, and who are you rooting for? Um, New York Rangers. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad because for whatever reason, I've just um, kind of attached myself to an East Coast team. Um, but uh, but yeah, so been a long time Ranger fan, but. Um, we'd love to just get a team out here in the Northwest, uh, you know, to be honest, Seattle or Portland. I'm from Portland, so obviously that would be the most convenient for me. But, um, you know, the, just the thought of having to go into Canada, root for a team by the name of Canucks, you know, or yeah. 600 miles to uh, San Jose. Just, I mean, it just seems ridiculous when there's so many fans, you know, in this area. And, um I think the WHL shows that, and so it's been kind of kind of cool to see um, just some excitement building and and that kind of thing in that direction. So, right. Okay, so um, you you have a Facebook page. It's uh, NHL to PDX, and you also have a Twitter account that people can follow. I'm going to have links to both of those in the article that accompanies this podcast. But but Mark, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, what what is your hockey background? How long have you been a fan, and how did you come to uh, be a leader in this movement? Uh, well, I started actually back in high school, so quite a while ago, actually back in the eighties, <laughs> uh, following uh, Portland Winterhawks, uh, and so you know back eighty two, eighty three, uh, the Portland Winterhawks actually won the Memorial Cup in 83 and then they actually went back to the Memorial Cup in 86 and lost but so the 80s were big for the Winterhawks as far as the Memorial Cup and so that was pretty exciting in the city and uh you know the the Blazers have always been you know Portland's town so um they, they've always had that but uh that kind of hooked me on the hockey scene so um you know and Portland just loves the Winterhawks I mean there's no doubt about that they support them huge uh, to be honest, yeah. I think it's part of why some of the people in Portland don't really want an NHL team because they're afraid it might hurt the Winterhawks. I, I run into that quite a bit, it seems like. Um, do you, you know, with do pricing you think that's a valid concern? That kind of I, I, don't, I, think that, I really think that the city can support both. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know. The owner of the, of the Winterhawks is, is uh, neutral <laughs> about it, and, mm-hmm. and I get that. Um, you know, because he he's got a great following, and there's no competition. Um, but right. you look around, and and there's plenty of other cities that have both. And um, you know, Calgary has, and of course it's a Canadian team, but you city, but you've got both um, WHL and NHL in the playoffs, and they're heavily supported. Toronto, same thing right. again, Canadian Canadian city. But um, right. you know, I, I think Portland could pull it off. Um, uh, I, I do think just uh, as a core, it seems like the Seattle base uh, has has a fan base that is much stronger, and I think that the money, just with the 
you know, the size of the city, obviously, and then the money with the um, the companies in the Seattle area could probably handle NHL better. There's just no place to put them. Um, right. So I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a well, we're working on that part. Yeah, we're working on that yeah. part. But um, so you mentioned uh, the Winterhawks, and obviously there's a huge rivalry between the Winterhawks and and the Thunderbirds, and I, I guess you guys got the, the upper hand in the playoffs this year. Um, but tell me more about the the hockey culture in Portland. One of the things that, uh, since we started looking at the issue for Seattle, was if if an NHL franchise came to Seattle, that we would need to do something to build up the, the grassroots movement in the city. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the hockey culture in Portland at the grassroots level. level. Uh, is there more going on than just the Winterhawks, or is the Winterhawks uh, pretty much it? I, from what I can tell, to be honest, it, it looks like it is pretty much the Winterhawks. On the west side, uh, you've got some ice rinks, and, and you've got some uh, some junior hockey, uh, some kids you know, kind of coming up through the ranks. On the east side of town, there's no rinks, uh, and there's really no push, um, and, and it's really – uh, it's not helping the situation at all, uh, yeah, because yeah. of that. Uh, and so, so really, you've got the Winterhawks, and so that that pushes it. And of course, the Winterhawks have done well for years, and of course, that is always a good good thing for hockey in general. And and uh, um, but but again, I think you're right. It's it's that at the core, you you've got to have that um, you know adult leagues going on, and you got to have just a rank. Uh, which we don't even really have on the east side of town. Um, so, so yeah, we've got a lot of work to do, I think, uh, just at the core. And I think bringing, um, just bringing more visibility to just the idea of the NHL in town uh, and just hockey in general, I think it's helpful. But, right. Well, how, how would you gauge Portland? I mean, are, are people responding well to um, – to your message, uh, are are you getting support on your Facebook page? How, how's that going for you? Yeah, I'm getting quite a bit of support. I'm I've been surprised to be honest. I mean, I just started it. Uh, I don't know, just a couple months ago, mainly because it was irritating that no one else was doing it. <laughs> and I thought, you know, yeah. this is somebody should be doing this. You know, we should be promoting this. And I thought, well, you know, I can put that on other people, or I can take it on myself. So I kind of. I started out with the Twitter account, and uh, you know that's grown a little bit. And um, so there is definitely definitely some interest. Uh, I do think we've got some work to do, um, you know, to get a to get a resounding uh, core group for an NHL team. Uh, you know, obviously you got to get the funding, and you got to get somebody, an owner who's serious about it. I mean, we've got the building; it's ready to go. Um, but without without those two pieces, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so a couple of years back, um, we were paying close attention to the Phoenix Coyotes situation. Uh, they came within one vote of relocating. And, and we found out um, basically that uh, uh, the, the potential ownership group in Seattle had um, uh, moving vans, ready to load and actually we're, we're planning on moving the team north the next day. But we also found out that Paul Allen, uh, the owner of the Blazers and of course the Seahawks, uh, was also interested in, in pursuing the Coyotes. What, what have you heard about that? Is there, is there continued interest on the part of Paul Allen? Uh, are you aware of any ownership groups aside from him that might be interested? What, what are you hearing in that regard? Well, I mean, the last, Bill Gallagher, the, or the owner of the Winterhawks, uh, I mean, he's got he's got money, uh, but he's not real interested. I don't think in diluting the Winterhawk brand. Um, you know, we've got we've got Nike here, but I don't think uh, I don't think Phil Knight's that interested. Uh, I mean, really, it's Paul Allen in town. Uh, he pretty much owns. I mean, he owns it. So, uh, what? In my opinion, you know. Uh, he's got the motor center locked down and, and if he wants a team here, he, he'll make it happen. Um, he, he said recently that he's always kind of looking at it. Uh, I don't think he would look, he'd be interested in the expansion, especially when you're looking at a few million dollars to, 
for an expansion team. I could see him buying a, a fledgling, you know, a warm city team and moving it. Um, but, I mean, part of me feels like we might have better luck. I mean, I don't know if you remember years ago when the Houston Oilers moved um, back in 97. They moved from Houston to Tennessee. Um, I think it was in 97. And their first year, they, they played in Memphis while they were building the stadium in Nashville, and then they moved to Nashville. I almost feel like mm-hmm. we could pull something like that off because in the region itself, um, I mean, we support Mariners up, you know, and the Seahawks, obviously. I mean, they, you know, Seattle's got us when it comes to that. Um, you know, I, I feel like we could pull off something for a year where we'd pull in some Seattle support uh, while you guys were building something and then shift things up north. So as a temporary home. As a, tem- as a temporary yeah, home, of, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before, um, you know, in a different league, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, well, you just got to have the money guys behind it. I I hesitate to bring this up, but that that recalls Oklahoma City to mind. Um, when the um, when the New Orleans uh, Hornets uh, needed a temporary home after Katrina, uh, Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma City <laughs> stepped up and hosted them for a year, and of course that's what gave them their in with the with the NBA, and of course the rest is history. Uh, so what right. what you're saying is is not a bad concept. Um, it, I guess it would depend on the NHL's timeline for things in, of that nature. Um, and to be honest, and ultimately to be honest, I'd want a, a team in Seattle and Portland anyway, cause, because that rivalry is awesome. Um, you know, that a would couple be hours fun. away from that each other. I mean, that that would be cool. So, uh, so yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and, and bring my co-host back into the show because he had some questions he wanted to ask you too. And uh, I have a – he may – I don't know. He's a hardcore T-Birds fan, and he, he may be feeling a bit sassy or something like that. <laughs> but uh, Otto, you got anything you want to ask Ask Mark? Um, no, no. Uh, no, I do. Um, um, hey, Mark, how are you doing? Good, good, good. So you, you mentioned uh, Paul Allen. Um, actually, this was one of my questions. Uh, who, who are the potential owners? And so you kind of answered that with Paul Allen and and Phil Knight. And you said you don't think Nike and Phil Knight, you don't think they're interested in being owners of an NHL franchise? I, I don't think that he is. I mean, he just doesn't seem like it. I mean, anytime I've seen – uh, reporters asking him about it, uh, and then I've been over at Nike a couple times, and it just doesn't seem like he's that into it at all. Um, uh, you know, and they don't they don't brand well with hockey anyway. You know, as a right. as a company. So uh, I, I think he puts his money into the Ducks, and <laughs> and I think that's you know kind of his focus. And and I get that. I mean, he's a he's a University of Oregon boy, so. Um, right. You know, I get, I get that. I, I don't like it, but you know, I think that's kind of his focus. Um, I think Paul Allen. I, I do think Paul Allen would would be an NH. I mean, he's a businessman, um, and I think, I, I think he sees the NHL in the Northwest as as a money maker. Um, and I, I just, I'm not sure. You know, I think he's the key personally. Uh, I'm not sure about the Seattle market, but I think for Portland. For sure, especially with the Moda Center, uh, I think he's he's going to be the gatekeeper for that building. Um, so, anyway. Okay. Um, well, um, since Paul brought up the the Seabirds and the Winterhawks, um, and since the the Winterhawks kind of uh, crushed the hearts of both the Silvertips and the Thunder uh, Thunderbirds, uh, how do you think they're going to do in the uh, series with uh, the Rockets? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I hope they do well. Uh, I, to be honest, I'm surprised they've done as well as they have. Uh, you know, this year I thought it was going to be a little bit rougher than it turned out to. Um, right. But they got some players that came back, you know, some players that I thought were actually going to make it, you know, into the NHL and actually came back late in the season. So uh, they've made a good push. Uh, I'd love to see them, you know, win the Western again. I mean, this would be their fifth year uh, straight. Winning the Western Conference, I mean that would be, you know, 
pretty amazing, really. Right. Um, right. So, and, you know, quite frankly, you got to love the Portland-Seattle rivalry. I mean, just watching oh, yeah. that. And then and then Everett, too. I mean, really, it's not that far. Um, right. You know, that that just just watching that and, and you can see how the NHL in, in these two cities could thrive. Because uh, these right. are kids. I mean, these are teenagers um, who are just trying to just trying to break in, and you've got right. ten thousand guys showing up on down here in Portland. You got huge crowds in Seattle. Um, you know, it, it's great to see. So. Yeah, because you know, I mean, those, like you said, those it's almost like those kids kind of take the they take the rivalry to heart because it's really not about them. It's almost like it's about the fans the fans between Seattle and Everett. So, like, it just feels like the players kind of, like, take ownership of that and kind of take take that rivalry from the stands onto the ice, which is great. Yep. You know? Well, and that's that's just it. You've got fans in both cities that are are enthusiastic. I mean, that really do. And, of course, Seattle is known for – look at the way you guys support the Seahawks. I mean – just fans that get behind uh, their teams, and of course that enthusiasm is contagious. Uh, and right. So, so that is exciting, and of course you're going to be. Uh, that's going to add to that rivalry, uh, and then and then of course you travel. I mean, you know, to go up to see. I mean, I went to see Everett play Spokane at the beginning of the year just because I uh, had some business to do up in Seattle, first part of the year. Uh, just for kicks, I mean, it's not that far, you know, and oh. uh, it's just kind of fun to see um, just Washington, Oregon hockey going on and and getting supported the way that it that it does. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's all the questions I had for you, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right, Mark. Um, well, thank you, Mark. Um, now you meant. You mentioned that uh, you'd like to see both cities have a franchise. And, you know, I, I do see um, that possibility existing. I, I see the Florida Panthers being relocation candidates, although uh, people say Quebec might be more of an option for them. But the Coyotes will be coming up in a couple of years, and that seems – I mean, that's continues to be a mess down in Glendale, so that can happen. Um, my question for you is um, – if if you guys lose out on expansion to uh, say Vegas and Seattle, and if if no relocation candidates are forthcoming, do you think the people in Portland? I mean, you said that you would, but do you think most fans in Portland would embrace a team in Seattle and actually travel up and support it? I I do think so, definitely. Uh, yeah, the people I've talked to, uh, I mean, we already do that when it comes to baseball and football. Uh, I mean, there's mm-hmm. no one here that thinks we're going to get a football team. I mean, you know, that's – I mean, we do that already. Uh, and and the thing is, too, I mean, just like you, we're stuck with San Jose uh, or crossing the border into Canada. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you get a team into Seattle, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely support it. Now, you know, the Rangers come into town. Of course, I'm going to have to support them. But I'd much rather drive three hours to see the Rangers play – than 600 miles to to Santa to Sap Center, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. get to Sam. So, um, I definitely think um, that you'd see Portland support up in the Seattle area. Right. Um, I was going to ask you what you thought your biggest obstacles were, but it, it seems like um, the ownership piece might be that. Um, what What do you plan? What What's next for your uh, organization? What do you? I mean, what what plans do you have in the works to bring this issue more to light in Portland? Uh, what I'm uh, what I'm hoping to do here over the summer is um, I'm actually trying to I'm working with a couple guys on trying to get together a um, I don't we don't have a name for it yet but to, trying to do like a um, uh, like a nonprofit ho- hockey for kids kind of deal uh, to try to mm-hmm. support. Uh, younger kids that can get into the support more in into the sport more, uh, and ultimately we need to get more of the younger kids actually playing the game. And I, I've always thought, you know, if we these football players, if if we could get them skating when they're younger, uh, 
and put them, give them a stick and put them in the bounds of an ice rink, <laughs> uh, you know, we can really change hockey <laughs> in a fun way. You know, yeah. the West Coast hockey in the NHL is hard hitting. And uh, you get some of these football players, get them skating well when they're young, uh, could really tear things up. So I'd love to see um, us supporting uh, kid hockey more. And that's kind of kind of my direction this summer, trying to try to get that going. And then also just uh, more visibility of hockey uh, just through signs and, and that type of thing and, and see how that progresses. So right. it's kind of my thought. Right. Okay. I'd love well, to help you guys. Uh, whatever, whatever you're doing up there, too, I mean, I'd love to – join in. I mean, honestly, anything in the Pacific Northwest, I think, is what we need to do uh, just yeah. to get, because, I mean, Oregon, Washington, we kind of, we vote the same. We, I mean, we're dealing with the same weather. I mean, uh, right. you know, we're, we're pretty close to the same, I feel like. It, yeah. You know, we, now, you are it, you are linked up on Twitter with uh, com, are you not? You you have a yeah, yeah, I, you I follow, follow each other. I follow them and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So you you want to well you probably what we should probably do is uh, uh, pay just pay close attention to what John's doing and maybe uh, you guys can do some joint ventures and of course the Simbin is always always willing to help uh, public publicizing anything you guys want to do down there as well. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I think we're in this together and I I think everyone would like to see two teams in in the region and. You know, and, and we all—if that doesn't happen and it just winds up being Seattle—I think uh, we're, you know, we're in this together either way. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, we'll do anything we can to support you guys. Not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not—I'm not willing to fight over. <laughs> I'm not going to fight, fight and lose out altogether. I mean, let's let's work together and at least get one out of this thing and and uh, and get it get it into the area and and go from there. Uh, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for your time, and I want to wish you luck in your efforts. And uh, yeah, thank you. Let's you do too. this again sometime, okay? Yeah, sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk later. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. That was Mark Hayes, um, who runs the NHL to PDX Facebook page, and he also has a Twitter account. Um, we're going to have links to both of those accounts on the article that accompanies this podcast at sonicsrising.com. So I encourage each of you to follow uh, his Twitter account and to like his Facebook page. All right, that's that's it for this segment right now. And when we come back in a couple minutes, Otto and I are going to talk more about the NHL playoffs. We're also going to talk about the NHL draft. Uh, there's uh, quite a bit going on with that right now. Uh, and before we come back, uh, I invite you to enjoy another segment of Hockey Talk on National Public Radio. Welcome back to NPR's Hockey Talk. I'm Tiffany Taylor-Taylor. And I'm David Navid Hasid. The upcoming playoff matchup between the Nashville Predators and the Chicago Blackhawks should be an interesting series, to say the least. Both teams have been playing some mediocre hockey of late, but both also have the potential to be playoff powerhouses. Well, you know what they say about potential, David. The potential energy is a function of a state a system is in and is defined relative to that for a particular state, which may not always be a real state in that it may also be a limit, such as with the distances between all bodies tending to infinity, such as in the case of inverse square law forces... Well, I was thinking more of Winston Churchill's well-known quote that continuous effort, not strength nor intelligence, is the key to unlocking potential. Mm. But I'm sure your quote also applies to the often controversial lineup decisions of Blackhawks coach Joel Kenneville. Thank you, and well spotted. That was actually the exact inference I intended. Moving on to the other all-Canadian matchup, the Ottawa Senators were rewarded for their amazing late-season surge towards the playoffs of Lord Stanley's Cup with what might be the best possible matchup for them in the first round. Agreed. Agreed. 
The Senators won their past three contests against the Montréal Canadiens by a combined score of 13-5, to five, which I believe technically qualifies under NHL rules as a complete ass-kicking. I believe it would have to be 15-5 to five to be considered a true three-game ass-kicking. If you recall, the ass-kicking rule was amended in 09 after the Detroit Red Wings f***ed the ever-loving out of the Columbia's Blue Jackets four games to nothing. Following that debacle, the threshold to be a true kicking was raised slightly by the NHL's competition committee. Well, f*** me, you're right. Well, either way, 13-5 to or 15-5, to that is some serious ass-kicking, and Montréal will have their work cut out for them. The pairing of P.K. Subban and André Markov will have to come out ahead in the possession game for Montréal to win this one. 27-year-old goalie Andrew the Hamburglar Hammond has been the story of the year for the Senators, and they hope that it is his play in the net will lead them to the next level. After the break, we'll examine the playoff series between the Capitals and the Islanders, two teams that haven't met in the playoffs since the 1993 Patrick Division semifinals. For those of our younger listeners, the top song this month in 1993 was If I Had No Loot by Tony Tonai Tone. This is Hockey Talk broadcasting from station WEPC on NPR. No, I don't think I've ever heard this song. Which one is Tony? The Vancouver Canucks Team Store is the only place to get all your authentic Vancouver Canucks merchandise. $22 keychains. $45 t-shirts made in Indonesia, but but screen printed in Canada. The Vancouver Canucks Team Store, where the players shop. Because making $5 million a year is the only way you can afford this crap. Folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey. Here we go. Take a seat because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Paul Rogers, who is a college graduate. We're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. All right. Welcome back to the, to the Seattle Sinbin. And I'm back here with my co-host, Otto Rogers. And, uh, Otto, what did you think of what Mark had to say on the other side of that break? Oh, uh, Mark was a really good guest. You know, it was good to know about what the kind of temperature uh, on the ground in Portland is in regards to the NHL. Um you know, the the aspect about Paul Allen not wanting to necessarily pay the $500 million to get the expansion team, but maybe sitting waiting for a relocation team. That's a lot of those things I've heard before, too. Um, and, and good to hear Mark talking about how there would be a lot of support for a Seattle team in Portland, um, because like we talked about earlier, you know, if your favorite team is the, the Bruins, I mean, now you have a two-hour drive to get to a game instead of, you know, going 600 miles to San Jose or, you know, or, or, or a four-hour drive to Vancouver. 
Vancouver and need me a passport and things like that. So um, it's good that we have, you know, this kind of good base of support between uh, Seattle and Portland uh, as hockey fans um, and the potential for a great rivalry if we ever do have two teams here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, what, what, made, what it made me mindful of, was leadership. I mean, he's he's a leader in the movement down there, and, which is great. But it it made me grateful uh, for the leadership we have in Seattle. I mean, um, you know, you and I play a small role in, in all this, and Science Rising <laughs> a, a plays, plays a decent role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but the truth is, uh, I mean, John Barr, who was a guest again on our show last night, uh, has played a huge role in the movement. Uh, we've also yeah. got Todd Smith, who's playing a huge role. And you know, you and I are you know are not in this alone. And it, the the sense that I got was that Mark uh, is kind of in this on his own down there, and he could really use some help um, uh, rounding this thing up. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it just I made me go ahead. The, yeah, the the biggest thing, like you know, how you uh, at the end of that uh, interview, you talked about how you know, let's try to raise each other up, let's try. To each other and you know and if I can support Portland uh, in their efforts to to help their market and uh, get themselves a team you know I'll do whatever I can like via social media I can't be like boots on the ground in Portland just because you know it's a bit away but you know I can definitely help either through social media or anything like that through Facebook and Twitter things like that Um, I can definitely help that but you're talking about uh, you know, the community up here, how it's a little more established. And, and I think that's definitely true. We, we definitely have several people kind of out there kind of leading, uh, helping or leading the, the fan movement. And, and you know, John's done a really excellent thing, a great thing with that, just getting people together and, you know, just kind of spreading the whole NHL of Seattle, that kind of brand with the shirts and, and the stickers and the banners. So that's, you know, it just, it just helps for, you know, raise awareness yeah. of, uh, yeah. you know, of that cause. So, you know, and I, I will, I will mirror what he said about Portland's uh, potential support of a Seattle franchise. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Portland would, would support a franchise in Seattle if they weren't able to get one themselves, because I mean, like he said, the blade, I mean, they, they support the Mariners and the Seahawks pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, but I'll, I'll mirror that in that, and I think I've said this on Sonics Rising before. If Seattle blows this, I mean, I, I think Seattle's going to get a team. I, I really do. Yeah. And I think it's going to be in the near future. But if Seattle blows this and no one in Tukwila or Bellevue steps up and and the entire region blows this and the NHL gets frustrated with Seattle and says, hey, you know what? There is the Moda Center all set up to go in Portland. We'd rather be in Seattle. Yep. Uh, but Portland would fill that void if we need to. If if the NHL wound up going to Portland and not Seattle, I would support the Portland franchise. I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. Would you? Oh yeah, I mean it's a, you know, I mean at least maybe not maybe not a weekday weekday game, but a weekend game. Let's say a weekend game against the Red Wings. I mean, yeah, it would definitely be like a family trip. You know, we we would go down, try to take the Amtrak, you know, spend some time uh, sightseeing, maybe hit up a couple of breweries, things like that. Uh, Voodoo Donuts, you know, I've always wanted to hit that place up. So, uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see myself uh, going a couple games, overnight games uh, down there, and maybe like, you know, one or two games, um, you know, and just drive back. But I would definitely support uh, an NHL team in Portland because, you know, especially if Seattle blows it. Seattle blows it. I mean, I'd be heartbroken, but uh, I, would yeah. de- I could definitely yeah. see myself doing that. And they would have to, they would have to blow it. I mean, we have everything oh, yeah. lined up in our favor right now. Seattle would have, have to absolutely blow it. Um, so we're, we'll just hope that that doesn't happen. But if it does, I would support a Portland team. I really would. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not. Um, I'm not saying you know. I, I don't want to say like it, it would all be on like Seattle. I mean, like this is one of those things where yeah, the politicians in Seattle and you know the re, you know getting that MOU modified. We need to finish, get that piece. But, you know, the NHL groups, they they also need to step up. And, you know, yeah. they, this could go against, I mean, you know, both sides, not just, you know, the Seattle, the city council, and, and you know, Chris Hansen. So everyone needs to Yeah, I, I think there would be plenty of blame to go around. But, again, oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to have to worry about, about it. I think it's going to happen. 
Um, yeah. Let's shift gears a little bit now. And uh, yes. you uh, you tweeted you Facebooked me a score about the Red Wings game. They were up two nothing. How's that going right now? Three nothing, baby. Up two one. Three nothing. Yeah. They're they're, they're going to be up two one. Is it over? It's over. It's over. Got, so they're up, they're up two goal. one. We got an empty net goal with about forty seconds to go to to, to kill it. So uh, you know, I know I know we have some local. Local uh, local players on the Lightning and Tyler Johnson, but uh, go Wings, go Wings. Yeah, we'll take but that knee. Yeah. yeah. Also, the um, um, Capitals and the Islanders are uh, tied one one um, with about nine minutes to go in the third. So that's another yeah. game that's uh, um, if the the Capitals win, the, they'll tie the series two two. But if the Islanders win. Uh, they'll have a pretty big lead for a 3-1, so that's a really big game right now going on. Yeah. You know, this just stinks. I, I didn't get to watch last night's game because I was – what was I doing again? I was putting together a podcast for, with Jeff Baker, and tonight <laughs> I can't watch it because I'm putting another podcast together. Um, and I, 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 I didn't set my DVR, so I'm probably going to miss uh, most of these games tonight too. But um, I, I'll catch them later in the week, so I'll be fine. All right, so let's shift our conversation. What's that? I see you have the Canucks and Flames at starting at uh, starting at seven. So maybe oh, the Canucks are playing at seven. Okay, yeah, yeah that's definitely. I'll definitely check out the Canucks. That that series is violent. <laughs> I, uh, both of the both of the last Line games draw. have ended with some pretty decent fights. That especially game yeah. two. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'm rooting for Vancouver in this one. Um, and you know that that series is intense, and uh, I never realized what the rivalry was like between those two teams. But uh, yeah, I, I'm rooting for Vancouver. I mean, uh, I I with I have uh, withheld my embrace to that team. Uh, you know, logically, as someone who's just getting into hockey in the Northwest, you would think that I would that I would embrace um, the Canucks. But what what I'm anticipating is that they're going to be my our chief rival in a few years, and I don't want to embrace them because of that. So. No, uh, yeah. There's that. Well, All right, let's shift our conversation. Well, I mean, I was about to say, um, you know, the Canucks, when the Canucks were in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Bruins a couple of years ago, um, it definitely kind of raises the, you know, it's just kind of like how the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl. Everyone north of, north of the border got really excited, kind of hopped out of bag wank, you know, kind of, kind of got, got involved. I think, you know, if it, I think it would be a good thing if the Canucks were in the Stanley Cup, uh, uh, you know, finals, because I think that would kind of like, you know, make hockey a little more, you know, um, burgeoning, if that's the word, uh, here in the Seattle area, you know, get, get people a little more excited, get the people a little more buzz, and, you know, that might kind of help, uh, you know, the whole Seattle movement as well if the Canucks are back into the Stanley Cup uh, final. So that's yeah. just a thought. Yeah. All right, let's shift to the draft. Um, over the weekend, the and I didn't know the NHL really did this. Uh, in fact, I was kind of disappointed because it's the one thing, one of the things that drives me nuts about the NBA. I, I don't like draft lotteries because I, I like the the idea that uh, uh, teams, the way you finish the season uh, is the way it's going to draft. But uh, this time the draft lottery was a little more intense than usual because there is young young man named Connor McDavid waiting for everyone, and Otto. If uh, for for most people in Seattle who might be basketball fans, listening to this, uh, who would you compare Connor McDavid to in basketball? Uh, LeBron LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Okay, so, so there, I mean that <laughs> those kind of, are the, yeah yeah. So he he's either Michael Jordan or LeBron James. So that's huge. So. Um, uh, this is not any other draft. And, um, no. so what happened over the weekend was, was good for me because, um, as I, as we've talked before, people make fun of me because I, I kind of root for the Oilers, but now, uh, it looks like I'm going to have a pretty good reason to root for the, for the Oilers. Um, uh, so the, so Edmonton wins that lottery and, uh, of course you and I kind of joke, huh, what if they <laughs> didn't draft McDavid? That would that would be unthinkable, but um, it seemed kind of controversial. Everyone was kind of, you know, I saw some people uh, crying conspiracy. Uh, and, and why is that? Because yeah. they've been, had had the number one pick so often recently. 
Yeah, I, um, I want to say that Edmonton had the number one overall pick three years in a row, probably about six or seven years ago. So they mm-hmm. had three number one overall picks. So I think people were uh, a little upset that they would have an opportunity to get another overall number one pick. So Especially Edmonton this one. Had, <laughs> yeah, well, especially this one. You know, today Wayne Gretzky said that uh, he felt um, Colin McDavid was the best uh, NHL player uh, to come, to be drafted in the last 30 years. So, and that would be roughly so, when he was dressed, drafted, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think I think he's basically saying he's probably the best player since Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that, that so, is that's somewhat kind of significant. That's yeah, somewhat I, significant. Know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't take, I don't, you know, the whole conspiracy, I don't really, I mean, that's fine. You know, <clears> Edmonton, they, they definitely squandered they definitely squandered their draft picks, and and you know they 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 really squandered a lot of uh, a lot of cap they have. But you know, who knows? Maybe with McDavid, that will that will change the whole dynamic of that team, and that you know they can kind of be a power again, like they were back in the eighties. Yeah. So this morning, I'm I'm listening to some Edmonton sports radio, and of course, everyone's really excited about this, and. Uh, oh. it, it was just really funny to li- it was really funny to listen to, and they were practically telling knock knock jokes like knock knock who's there Connor McDavid, <laughs> and they're just really excited and you know for people that don't follow I mean I I'm a new newcomer to hockey so I don't really fully comprehend it, but I want people yeah. to get a gauge of just how excited Oilers fans <laughs> are with with that with that lottery pick, uh, so. Uh, I want to play you a clip from a YouTube that one of the that some Oiler fans made as they found out about the announcement. So take a look, uh-huh. listen, listen to this. Five remain for the number one pick in the 2015 National Hockey League Draft. And currently at number five, Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes retain that position for the upcoming yeah. draft. This is the big the one. We all know the Leafs. Oilers or Maple Leafs will have a gold card signifying the winning team in the 2015 National Hockey League Draft Lottery. At number four, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs oh. will select number four in the 2015 NHL Draft. At number three, the Edmonton Oilers. And we have a winner. before he does something stupid is what they said at the end there. <laughs> you know, uh, Paul, I now, think you might want to put a, a warning. I think you might want to put a volume warning to our to our listeners. <laughs> oh Those yeah. Guys are yeah. Super excited. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know, if you look at the at their history, I mean, is it really can you really blame them for being excited? I mean, they they had a dynasty in the 80s and early 90s and and they've had nothing but crap for the last 15 years. And 
yeah. you know, they this this should radically transform that franchise for those fans. Um, now, I'll tell everyone that I, I had intended to play some reaction video, some reaction clips from other teams that were hoping to get that pick, uh, and there were some really entertaining entertaining ones, but I could not play them because we can't. I, I don't want to play f bombs on the air. <laughs> they, I mean, imagine. I mean, just imagine how excited uh, those Oilers fans were, and then apply that in reverse, and you'll see how ticked off the other fans were. And oh man, it it was ugly. It was funny, but it was ugly. Um, but, but Paul, it, you know, it's hard not to be excited if you're an Oilers fan. Right. Paul, don't you remember when uh, uh, the Boston Celtics fans, when they were up, how upset they were when Seattle Portland jumped, jumped into the top two? And how excited we were that we had a chance to either get uh, um, Greg Odin or Kevin Durant? Just yeah, like I remember that. that. I, I hope it turns like out better for them. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, hope it turns yeah. out better for them. Um, but so Connor McDavid obviously is a is a once in a generation player. I, w- I was watching some yeah. clips of him on YouTube. He, he just skates effortless, effortlessly, uh, doing precision things with the puck and the stick that you, that just don't seem like they should be able to be done. Uh, so he he's going to be huge. How, how soon do you think he might actually take the ice for them? Is he going to play right away? You know, you know, I'm not sure. He's he's. I I want to say he's still 16. But I think physically he's ready. I mean, he might take the ice for them as soon as next year. If not, um, he would go back to um, Erie and uh, play another year in the WHL. But I want to say he's 16. But he looks physically bigger than a lot of the players um, at his at his stage at his level. So he might actually come play day one. But I'm yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure. That would be entertaining, very entertaining. All right, but there are other Definitely. players besides McDavid in the draft. How do you see the rest of this draft shaping up? What what else should we look for? Well, I think I think I think the top two. It's one of those drafts where it, it was a it was a McDavid versus Eichel draft with uh, McDavid as a clear number one and Jack Eichel as as a clear clear number two. He's an American. He played at Boston, um, uh, University of Boston, I believe, and uh, you know Buffalo. I mean, I'm, don't cry too many tears for Buffalo. They got a future NHL all-star in Jack Eichel. So, you know, every year, if it wasn't for Conor McDavid, he, Jack Eichel would have been the clear-cut number one and probably every probably the last 10 years. So they got, you know, one of the best, probably the best American talent um, that's come out in a long, long time as well. So um, so that's, that's number two. I think, I think Arizona, they, you know, that's where it's just getting dicey. I mean, you got three players that could go at number at number three. Um, so the Mitch Marner, he, he's a center. Uh, Dylan Strom, he's a center, and the uh, defenseman uh, Noah Hannafin. It, it all kind of gets kind of murky, but those three are generally considered somewhere. Uh, they'll be cooked from three, four, and five. And then um, the interesting piece is once we get to number six, there's, there's a lot of buzz building uh, at number six. New Jersey Devils. Uh, taking Matthew Barzell um, from the Seattle Thunderbirds at number six. Um, Matthew's uh, ever since he came back from his injury, he has really been performing really well, and um, uh, he's had he had a good playoff series, and he's had an outstanding. Uh, he's playing right now in the under eighteen World Championships, and he's I think I want to say he's he's leading all uh, either either Team Canada or all the. Uh, all the teams in points, and he just had another goal today. So he's definitely rising up the, the draft charts, and the latest projections is him uh, being taken number, at number six or number nine to the San Jose Sharks. So, um, you know, either New Jersey Devils or San Jose Sharks looks like are going to be the, the one of those two teams that are going to pick him up. So it's great for him because for a while um, he was starting to kind of slip outside the top ten uh, uh, but now with this recent solid play, definitely uh, um, up the uh, you know upper half of the uh, NHL draft. So really excited for the kid.
Sin Bin with Paul Rogers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.